High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Well, we're not going to talk about America or Trump. We're going okay. to talk yesterday. Uh, have a listen to this. This is an ad placed by the Vegan Group. Like humans, a cow produces milk to feed her newborn calves. She has an emotional bond with her babies, like humans and their babies. But her children will be taken away from her so we can consume her milk. Losing her child is every mother's worst nightmare. You can stop this by going vegan today at goveganworld.com. There you have it, Michael. Uh, but that puts you <laughs> off your bacon and egg. Not a bit. Uh, it, it is embarrassing how anti-science you get when you go to the fringes of either side of the political spectrum. You know, everyone talks about uh, the right and the <clears throat> back in the day. And this is, I guess, in your day, George, and they were you know worried about fluoridation in the water and all that kind of stuff. Well, today. Who are the anti-science kooks among us? Let's be honest. It's the anti-vaccine, vegan nut jobs of the far left. There is nothing sane in the argument that because human beings do something and because cows do something, cows equal human beings. Cows and human beings also go to the bathroom. Cows and human beings also walk. So I have an idea. Let's give cows driver's licenses and voter registration cards. It is idiotic. And there's one fact. I want to. I, I know people get upset here on News Talk because they see it all as partisanship. And since I'm not a loony lefty, you think I'm, you know, you, I'm wrong about everything, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about something that every sane person with a third grade level of biology can, can agree on. This is a fact. Human beings are omnivores. Period. Omnivores. Remember this from class? You had herbivores. They only eat plants and carnivores. They only eat meat. And then omnivores. They are biologically designed to eat both. Denying that human beings are by nature omnivores is like denying that we're bipeds. It's like denying that we're mammals, that we reproduce heterosexually. These are the facts of what it means to be a human being. Veganism has nothing to do with health. Nothing to do with science, nothing to do with morality, and everything to do with virtue signaling. It's a bunch of whiny losers who want to feel special, so they make themselves special by behaving like biological bugs. The first thing that is a fact is that they are increasing. That's point one. Absolutely. Point two is they seem to have a ton of money. Um, There was a full-page ad on the Sunday Independent uh, promoting veganism with stories of babies, babies being whisked away from their mothers. (laughs) Uh, And and according to the Independent Rate Card, a full-page is is $50,000. Wow. Think of all the actual human babies you could help with that. You could feed, clothe, house, educate with that money. But no, no, well, I tell you something. The The Irish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, I'm pretty certain couldn't afford because this wasn't a one-off ad. They've been doing this for a while and they're going to continue to do it. Now, where this has to be sort of minority uh, uh, lobby group is getting money to place fifty thousand. Dollar ads. I mean, I'm not saying they're getting the money in any odd way, but it does mean there are people with tons of money 
uh, supporting the idea that, um, you know, cows are, are getting a terrible time and pigs and sheep. They, they, in, when the interview yesterday, I said, what do I do? Uh, when uh, I'm bitten by an insect. Mm. And essentially I was told I shouldn't hit the insect. Well, the point that there's money here just confirms that my dad was right. He told me my whole life there are people with more money than sense. I don't dispute it. But I go back to this notion that the premise that you are somehow – doing something to raise yourself morally in the community, that you have some kind of high ground because you're so stupid, you won't do what your body is designed to do, which is to eat anything you can get in your mouth that will keep you alive. The, the statements that the the vegans make are moronic on their face. There was a line, I read the, 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 the ad, George, by the way, and thanks for sending, and I read the stuff, and there was a moment where the woman talking said, not all animals are food. Yes, they are. Every single animal on this planet is food to some other animal. You know, I don't, there, there are certain things that I would choose not to eat, but out there in the wild, I guarantee you, there's a leopard or a tiger or a lion or a worm or a something that will eat you if it gets the opportunity. Every, the point of the entire premise of the circle of life, people go out and watch The Lion King again, is that there's a big circle and you're on it somewhere and you're either eating yeah. or eating one of the two. Uh, now, uh, if all if we all became vegans, wouldn't it mean that there would be no cows, pigs, or sheep because the land would not be used for 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 animals? Geraldine says, and again, I put the the problem with vegan veganism is it has no economic base because no farmer is going to allow uh, a sheep or a cow or a pig on his land if they're not an economic unit. And so what happens to them? You know, we had the, In uh, Massachusetts a few years ago when I was doing talk radio there, they had a big vote to get rid of the dog tracks because they'd gotten in their mind – the vegans and the animal kooks had gotten in their mind that the doggies were being mistreated. Of course, this was wildly untrue. These animals were worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. They were treated like princes. But they shut down the dog tracks, and then there was a series of horror stories of greyhounds being released into the wild, and greyhounds that had been pampered their whole lives with no place to live because no one was willing to spend the thousands of dollars it took to maintain them. Duh, what did you think was going – did you think that when you opened the cages, the greyhounds were going to run out and frolic and play like Snoopy in the Peanuts cartoons, and then they were going to, what, like uh, you know, open up a grocery store? Or but get that married? is the They're point, dogs. Michael. It, 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 the interesting thing is that – the presumption from from the vegans is that you know, and the reason they're spending all this money is that all of us become vegans. Now, if we all become vegans, the billions of us that inhabit the planet, because obviously that's where they aim to go. Nobody's going to eat any meat. If then. That's going to take to actually happen. That's going to take hundreds of years. I mean, to convert billions of people into non. Meat eaters would take hundreds of years. 
Oh, sure. Remember, it took hundreds of thousands of years for humans to evolve into the omnivores that we are now. And I want to get back. Look, you, you raise these big speculative issues. I think for the I'll say this in America, the average problem with vegans and vegetarians isn't the theoretical question of what happens to cows and sheep one day if, if we all go vegan. The question is, how do I get through my meal at lunch when the obnoxious, self-righteous vegan looks at me and goes, are you really going to eat that? And my answer, of course, is yes, I'm going to eat it. And if you buy me another one, I'll eat another one. Of course I am. How can you eat? Meat is murder. How is meat murder? I don't understand this. All right. Every time, well, let me finish because here's the argument. The argument is every time an animal is killed, it's murder, to which I reply. And I actually had this uh, conversation with a, uh, a third-rate actress out in Hollywood. I'm trying to remember her name, Kathy Jimmy. She was in Sister Act and stuff, and she's a big vegan. And she said, "You know, she said, you're every time an animal dies, it's murder." I said, "Oh, really? Well, then you need to run out to the Serengeti in Africa and arrest these lions and tigers because they're committing murder all the time. They're killing animals every day. Your house cat is out in the yard killing animals. Your house cat is a murderer." And she replied, "That's different. They're only animals." Well, if they're only animals and we're superior to them, then bring me a knife and fork. I'm going to eat them because they're only animals. You can't have it both ways. Okay. Either we are the top of the food chain or we're not. Make up your mind. All right. Well, uh, Michael, you might be interested because I've got a dairy and a meat farmer on the telephone from County Meath. And uh, me old Bennett sent me a text yesterday saying uh, he'd love to speak to the vegan lady and explain where food comes from in Ireland. We didn't get an opportunity <laughs> But it's an opportunity now. Mihal, welcome to the program. Hey, George. Good afternoon. Uh, how are you reacting to all this vegan stuff? Well, I find it offensive, if nothing else. Like, every farmer in Ireland cares for the animals. It's prerequisite of being a farmer. Those animals, you keep them to make a living. And to make a living from those animals, you have to look after them. A sick or an unhealthy animal um, won't make you a profit. And the way to minimise animals being sick or unhealthy is to reduce stress and to reduce discomfort for the animals. So every step of the food of the food production process, from the birth of the calf to maturity, is all about stress reduction and comfort for that animal. But you're ripping the calf away from its mother in order that you can sell the milk to us. Is that not so? When the calf is born, the calf is left with the cow for the first half hour or an hour or so. And that gives the calf, or the, the cow, a chance to lick the calf clean and um, basically get the calf awake and alive properly. So then after that first half hour or hour, the cow is milked and the milk is fed to the calf to build the calf's strength and reserve. So at that point, the cow is happy she's fed the calf and the calf is happy that he's fed. In a natural uh, environment, as in, let's say, suckler farming, where the cow isn't separated from the calf, in, uh, the calf, when he's satisfied and full, will go and sleep, and the cow will forage or eat. So in the dairy situation, when the calf is separated, he's put in a straw-bedded shed in comfort and warmth, and the cow is allowed rest. But because the cow and calf are only together for a half an hour or so, a very, very trace bond is formed. So people say, oh, the cow and the calf are crying for each other. Uh, show me a baby yet that doesn't cry, even when it's in its mother's arms. 
Yeah, but there is George, George, George. Yeah, George, you're overlooking the fact that your fine guest is a thief. He's stealing the milk from the cow. This is what the vegans tell me. This is thievery. You're, you, do you have a signed contract from the cow giving you permission to take the milk, sir? That's what we want to know. Do you have a signed contract with your pet cat or dog to keep <laughs> him or her? Because if you consider that these wild animals, wild animals spend their day fighting for their lives. People have this uh, image of the fluffy bunny, fluffy bunny in the meadow eating a carrot. But that animal is struggling every hour of the day to stay alive. It's fighting for its next meal. It's fighting for its health. It's fighting for food, fighting for warmth. And the fox that chases that rabbit is also fighting to survive and fighting to avoid its own predators and uh, its own health issues. But, uh, Whereas our farm animals live in, in, live in comfort. Despite what the vegans and have you, the vegan, the vegan uh, movement picks out the absolute extreme ends of the spectrum, where people maybe in other countries use extreme methods, or where people have been filmed abusing animals. And that is an absolute abhorrence for any farmer. Like, it absolutely disgusts me to think of someone mistreating animals. And anyone that does mistreat animals should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, which is only fair. Because Irish, Irish farming has a, an absolutely stellar reputation internationally. If you go out to the shelves of a supermarket in Italy or Germany, you'll see Irish beef and you'll see local beef. And Irish beef is held in just as high regard as the local beef in those countries. Like, the uh, green Irish image is there for good reason. Our cows don't get any supplements or any hormones or any unnecessary antibiotics. Our cows eat green grass for nine months of the year, and because of our climate, right. after winter sheds okay. in winter, and they be silage or hay for the other three months. Like it's a natural process, believe it or not, and we've optimised it for the health and safety right. of our animals. But uh, uh, Phil and Westmead said, if I got in my car and drove out now into the Irish countryside, and and I I would listen to mother cows bellowing for their stolen babies. I, think, I don't think there's any other way a cow can communicate other than by bellowing. So natural communication between cows or cattle is consists of bellowing. If you, if you see a group of cattle in the field, they're either grazing, heads down, munching away happily on grass, or they're bellowing to each other. Just because a cow is making noise does not mean she's in discomfort. All right, but like, what like, about the treatment? Sorry, Michael, because me all's gone. Um, but what about the slaughterhouses, a listener says, where you see the fear in the animals' eyes as they know how they're going to be murdered in a slaughterhouse? For a start, I, I absolutely do not know how a cow could know where they're going or know that they're going to their ultimate end. Cows... The whole process, I, the first time I was in the slaughterhouse, I was age seven. And I, brought, I, was, I went there, I, I had a pet heifer, and my father was bringing cattle to the, to the, to the slaughterhouse, and I, I went to see my pet heifer. And I've seen the whole process through. I knew that heifer from she was a calf. I knew how she behaved, and she was cool as cucumber the whole way through. Everything about farming is humane. So we have the Department of Agriculture looking down our... Looking, looking over our shoulder, we have um, our, our the people we supply, the, the uh, meat industry and the dairy dairy creameries, monitoring us every okay. step of the year. Our farms are checked to make sure that animals have good, clean conditions to live, and that the animals are comfort comfortable 
unsafe. Right. So it comes down to stress. If an animal is stressed, it won't thrive. If an animal is stressed, it's more likely to get sick. And if an animal is stressed, ultimately, the meat will not taste good. Any butcher, you ask any butcher, and they'll tell you more than I can about why that is. All right. Thank you so much. That was farmer, uh, dairy and meat farmer in County Meath, Meehall Bennett. Now, a lot of you are saying, what about the opposite side of the argument? We we gave uh, the absolute freedom of the airwaves uh, to Sandra Higgins, the director of the Eden Farm Animal Sanctuary, uh, who was talking about the ad <coughs> on the uh, Sunday Independent uh, on Sunday and the vegan uh, for for a number of times we've had vegans on this program making the point and here's the opposite argument but Michael what look I know you're on about omnivores and all this sort of thing okay but okay. when you know there was no alternative except to bash a dinosaur over the head with your club <laughs> to, to, to eat we're now in a much better position say many people and all we have to do therefore is just change our diet and ergo no meat and no problems with animals well, number one, there's no problem with animals already because, remember, all animals are somebody's food. Just ask the culchies. They'll eat anything. But the second point is that your body still needs the proteins that it needed before, which it can't get from a vegan diet. You still need the B12 vitamins, which you can't get but from a vegan But vegans don't diet. die, Michael, so it must no, be no, okay. No, because they use science to avoid – look, look, you can choose. You can announce that you've decided that it's immoral to walk on your feet, that there's something wrong with being a biped, and so you're going to walk on your hands your whole life. And that's physically possible. You literally could figure out how to walk on your hands right. your whole life. But you'd be an idiot. And that's what people are when they make the moral or scientific case. Look, I know people, it freaks me out, George, who don't like meat. They just tell me, I don't like the taste of it and don't like the texture. Then don't eat it. Work. That's absolutely okay. great. Okay, all but right. Don't sit there and tell me that there's something wrong with me for being a human being. There's nothing wrong. The problem, George is that people watch these cartoon shows and movies where the animals, when the people leave, you know, the animals all sit around and play cards and watch TV and cook stuff. And a frightening number of people under 30, George, think that's real. All they right, okay. Watch TV. Well, Dee and Kerry certainly doesn't think it's real because she's incensed. Uh, and she joins me on telephone. Dee, welcome to the program. Hi, George. Nice to be with you. And uh, just for the purposes of the listeners, you're a vegan, yeah? I am, yeah. Okay, shoot. Well, um, first of all, you don't um, need meat in your diet. You can live quite healthily. I'm healthy. I run. I, I'm out there. I'm, uh, you know, I'm. I have no. I had take B12. Yes, but um, absolutely no problem being vegan. And you can get lots of protein in uh, beans, lentils. You know, sure. there's, there's a yeah. myriad of food out there to have. Um, I'm an ethical vegan, so I would prefer not to uh, indulge in eating meat, but. You know, I don't judge other people who do. But vegans do, though. That's the point, surely. Like, well, they, they're they lecturing us and, and saying, like, that we're, like, we meat-eaters are murderers. We are supporting ripping babies from their mother's breast and whatever. I mean, that's what the ad said. Well, I suppose, I suppose the reality of that is that that's what happens in a lot of cases. Because the calf has to be taken and... I mean that's the reality of the of the industry, I guess. But I mean I know there are farmers who do it differently, and that's 
you know, but I mean, from an ethical stance, I think that we can live quite happily on soy milk and rice milk and almond milk and lots of other stuff. And Yeah, you but, know. but you don't think much of Michael and I, do you? Um, I think you have a bit of evolving to do, George. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of what? Evolving. <laughs> right. <laughs> May I ask a question? May I ask a question? Go, Michael. Well, I'm just curious. I, you say you're an ethical vegan, and I'm not asking to be argumentative. I'm serious about this. So if it's unethical to kill, why aren't you caging um, carnivores in the wild? Why aren't you caging foxes and I mean, coyotes and, and the other animals? Michael, that's apples and oranges. You can't. Well, why? I mean, the wild is the wild, but like factory farming and, you know, there's a, we all can't continue to eat uh, meat at the rate we're doing anyway from a climate point of view because uh, of um, climate change. You know, we just can't. But if we're animals, then why is it moral for our fellow animals to kill, but immoral for us to kill? Which you, uh, you're talking about two different things altogether. I mean, the wild is the wild, uh, and they eat just to eat. They eat to live. We don't have so to. So do we. We don't have to kill to eat. Yeah. We don't have to. We can live quite happily without. No, but Michael, it's 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 a point I don't agree with, but it's a reasonable point. We because D is living proof, and all vegans are living proof that if you if you stop eating meat, you don't die. You and I just disagree totally with that. Um, and and uh, what I disagree with D is being lectured about it, yeah, and yeah. in the shape of of you know that in some maybe I am like and Michael is. Are we countenancing the murder of babies is are we baby killers well i think that's very emotive language but you but know that's I the would, language of the ad well i think the ad is 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 just trying to raise the profile of 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 the industry which is pretty dreadful you know if you look on online you can see you know pretty graphic images of, of stuff that happens and i mean it definitely does and i just think like that you know i think that from a climate point of view anyway apart from that emotive stuff that um, I think it's it's just unsustainable in the long run for us as a, as a, as a human it, race okay. to keep... Yeah, but you come from Kerry, you know, and and uh, and you know, as a Cork person, that's not a problem. Uh, but what I mean is that you know, you you you're you're not coming from uh, uh, like the Dublin eighteen where I'm coming from. But the point I'm making though is, what happens to the biggest single part of the Irish economy, the 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 agri food sector, if if veganism uh, becomes uh, the majority rather than the minority in Ireland? I'd say that's a long way away, George, to be honest. I'd say, you know, we're, 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 we're in minority, we're growing, but I think, I think it's, you know, I think realistically it's, it's, uh, it's a long way off. You All know, right. so I, 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 I don't want to, to make any prognostications about that, but I think, I think more people are aware and, and there's more... Okay. There's definitely more, um, uh, people are more aware that climate change is upon us. All right. And that we need to do something about it. All right, well, just keep listening, won't you? Thanks, George. Thanks, Dee. Dee in Kerry there, Michael Graham in Washington, D.C. Valentine's Day, Michael, big deal for you? 
Uh, like every married man, I am held hostage by Valentine's Day, yes. And I would uh, ab- absolutely kill an animal with my bare hands if it meant getting a Valentine for my wife and not suffering her wrath. So there, was only, there was only one thing wrong with that statement where you said <laughs> every married man. Some well, of us, man. Some of us are man. free of the spell uh, of St. Sure. Valentine. Sure. All right. That's a uh, me Graham in Washington, D.C.